Hello humans, hello humans. Another road trip. 20th of October, it's about nine o'clock in the morning. Foggy as hell here on the coast, which makes a very interesting drive into uh, do stuff, lots of chores today. Trying to get uh, those things done that may be done before they need to be done. <laughs> so basically, um, uh, going through all my preparations, filling in the um, some gaps, uh, replacing a few items, that sort of thing, uh, in anticipation of uh, disrupted shit coming our way. Um, the whole social order is going to be a little bit wonky for a while. We'll have to um, accommodate it, adapt, adjust, uh, reinvent, rebuild. And none of this build back better shit. Um, anyway, so interesting article that I've posted on my true social and um, telegram accounts uh, that confirms that there's never been a pole shift on the planet. And they did it in a very interesting way where the uh, mathematics and the conclusions uh, are based on empirical evidence that exists and we can quantify uh, relative to previous civilization. So um, what they basically did was to look at all of these pyramids all around the planet. Now, so none, absolutely none of the pyramids have been made in our current uh, civilization. There were a couple of these, what they call the broken pyramids in Egypt, which were basically big piles of bricks in an attempt, actually sub-Saharan Egypt, um, uh, attempt by the local peoples to emulate the pyramids, right? And, and we have stupid motherfucker uh, archaeologists claiming that these are the precursors to them figuring out how to build pyramids, which is a bunch of horseshit. Um, these were all made after the pyramids, we know that, it's, it's indisputable. Uh, just the weathering alone on the rocks around the Sphinx in the um, Giza Plateau indicates we're dealing with something that is hundreds of thousands of years old. They, there was a um, very large inundation. So about 50,000 years ago, there was a rainy period in um, Giza that was uh, uh, continuous and sustained and it uh, led to the erosion uh, that we see, the vertical erosion of rain coming down and washing the little bits out of, of flakes of sand and this kind of stuff out of the stone. And, uh, and it leaves its mark. And so we've got a record of this that we know there was this rainy period, we know it left this, we know it lasted this long. <coughs> and coincidentally, stuff that the um, uh, academia, the arts and sciences, the archaeologists, the people that have been graduated from schools, the schooled individuals that are not educated and they don't know and they can't think, but they can repeat lies they've been told in order to graduate. See, basically to graduate college, you just have to regurgitate the same shit that your professors and, and instructors have put out to you. There is no demand in any of our schooling that you learn to think for yourself. All they want you to do is to repeat the lies that they've told you and then they'll pass you on. Anyway though, so uh, all of academia is, they, they don't mention this, 
but lots and lots and lots of people are aware of it, but the pyramids in their base on Giza, the Giza pyramids, as well as the pyramids in Mesoamerica, these pyramids have boat docks at their base. And so uh, we know that they didn't build these boat docks thinking there was gonna be some future flood coming. They both built these boat docks and they were used uh, to land boats there. So it, it was at a time when the earth was much smaller and the seas were a lot higher. So we can have um, a sea level change by locking up all kinds of water in ice in the ice ages, which we do, but we can also have sea, sea level changes as the earth expands. And as it expands, the water's got more area to cover, so the water levels fall, and thus revealing. So now Giza is nowhere near the ocean and nowhere near uh, sufficient water to um, float a boat up to it. However, 40,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, 150,000 years ago, that may not have been true. In fact, likely was not. And there's reason to suggest that 150,000 years ago, uh, not only was the Sahara uh, desert area in Africa green and lush, but a great area of it was also an inland sea. Anyway, so fascinating article goes through how they approached it. It has the results of their work. They're um, putting it uh, out there for people. They've got uh, the uh, the details. And basically what they're doing is they're saying that we've got... Um, hang on a second here. Uh, that we've got uh, knowledge... Uh, about the individual pyramids and about all 1,200 of these, randomly 1,200 out of, I think there's about 1,600 that have been discovered, or 1,600 total uh, possibles or probables. So some of these pyramids are actually, have people living on them thinking they're mountains, right? Thinking they're hills, that kind of thing. And we don't know about the number or distribution of the pyramids in Antarctica. So, so we're not counting the Antarctic pyramids, but there are pyramids in Australia, for instance. Uh, there's pyramids underwater off of um, uh, Bimini, uh, off of the Bahamas, okay, the islands off the East Coast. Those pyramids are the uh, short squatter ones that we see being built in Mesoamerica, and these are all underwater off some considerable distance, and they appear to have been from like uh, two civilizations ago, not the last civilization. So you hear all kinds of bullshit about the pyramids. Anything that is being proffered without a scientific um, examination uh, is bullshit. going to be absolute horseshit, right? Because there's no way of knowing anything about it. Um, so for instance, uh, but there are some things that we can note by their absence. So <clears throat> if, for instance, um, Jews were ever slaves in Egypt, then those Jews were all blind, deaf, and dumb because none of them ever wrote anything about the pyramids. And yet every other fucker that has gone to Cairo throughout history and seen these things has felt compelled to make note of it and tell people about it. 
So Jews were never part of the pyramid construction. That's a bunch of horseshit. Um, they never, uh, they're not, it's not mentioned in the Bible. Uh, the whole Bible thing is, um, uh, has been distorted since the very first translation of the Torah um, into Greek. So it, it's really interesting, okay? So, I mean, if you get into it. All right, so um, let me see, civilization-wise. All right, so the Jain religion, um, which is like 25 or 30 million people in, maybe more than that, in India that are adherents to this religion, uh, this religion is very much like Christianity, okay? It has no reference to the Jews. It doesn't care about a, a Jew named Joseph that we call Jesus. It doesn't care about a radical rabbi that was a, um, uh, a rebellious bastard uh, and was um, punished for his crimes uh, against their social order by the other Jews. So it does not have that aspect of Jesus in there. It doesn't have any of the Jewish aspect, right? Um, which was never intended to be applied, by the way, the Jewish Bible was only for those 12 tribes living in South Yemen. It was just a description of what they went through in dealing with the Elohim. And then it was translated deliberately uh, to aggrandize the whole thing, and we have the current situation arising from that a couple of thousand years back. And it's actually like 1500. Anyway, um, so the Jain religion uh, does not have a form God, right? So uh, the Jews worship Yahweh, who was this space alien, who had a wife, who had a dick, who was um, uh, 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 probably the father of Jesus was Yahweh through this process called the Gavrael, which is the Gavrael is a um, uh, an angel who is a worker for the, the Elohim, uh, show up and monkey with the genetics of the the woman that bore uh, Joseph, uh, and Joseph was of the DNA of Yahweh, okay, who was a space alien. And, um, okay, so the, the, Jain, the Jain religion does not have, um, okay, so, all right, let's go back up. So you'll see a lot of Christians that bitch and moan about you because you're bad-mouthing the scriptures as though this book is in any way uh, sanctified, sacred, uh, written by God, has any kind of knowledge of God or anything in it uh, that is factual. It, it has some small amounts of fact, but they've been used to support uh, a paradigm that would have you think a particular way that is bogus. And so now, the Jain religion does not have a formed God. It has a formless God, very much like the Sikh religion and many other religions. And so um, there's no expectation that there's going to be a physical manifestation of a being in this reality that is in somehow uh, the manifestation of God showing up in this little area. Uh, but in a lot of ways, the Jain religion has all of the transformative um, stuff that we find in modern Christianity. So I find that there's weird analogs between it and um, uh, Christianity at a philosophical level, not at a uh, historical kind of level. And at a historical level, the Jain religion goes back, um, their cosmology goes back 600,000 years. Okay, so in, in the Jain cosmology, and you can buy this book that you can buy a, a couple of 
books that are out there that will um, uh, detail the Jain cosmology. And uh, the one thing that is worth noting is that the Jain cosmology discusses um, expando planet as an aspect of our natural environment and how the earth changes, changes periodically, it grows, uh, and how, mo and okay, so now the Jain religion uh, has a, a discussion that, or the cosmology has a uh, discussion, the religion has a concept within the cosmology that approximately 253,000 years ago, something struck Mars and um, uh, destroyed the civilization there. And prior to that, Mars was one of the two and a half islands of life um, here in this solar system. And the Jain um, cosmology, if you read it a particular way with a particular understanding, because it doesn't state it in these words, but if you were to read the, the descriptions in a particular way, you may come to, as I have, the understanding that the moon was a spaceship, is a spaceship that's just been parked in orbit. And uh, that's what brought us here from wherever the fuck we came here. Anyway, so the Jains say that there's two and a half islands of life in this universe, or in the solar system, Earth being one, Mars being the other, and the moon being the half uh, island. And uh, 253,000 years ago, more or less, the uh, uh, Mars was struck by something that killed the core of the planet and the people, uh, and killed many, many, many tens of billions of people because now the Jain religion records or the cosmology records that uh, at before the, the strike on Mars there were 600 billion humans in this solar system and we were all the fuck all over the place uh, 600 billion of us okay and uh, and we had uh, exploration, we were out on all the outer planets, and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, so, I find this view of um, our history much more compatible with what we find in the way of actual empirical evidence. Because we find so much in the way of evidence that, uh, that destroys the modern conception of history, this, this weird uh, Kazarian Mafia distorted... Um, uh, academic, um, historian, archaeologist supported uh, bullshit where they, they screen out all the, um, the types of, of people that have been on this planet. They deny the coneheads existed. They, they sort of, you know, they sort of gloss over it and they say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. They were, you know, blah, 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 Neanderthals and Zinjanthropus, you know, all these other types of humans and it didn't mean anything, right? Anyway, um, and, but anyway, so the, the, the Jain religion, in my opinion, has one of the more complete cosmologies and provides us with a, um, uh, a better view of uh, the broader aspects of human history than we get from most other um, 
religious structures. And religions are the ones that are keeping the records at this stage coming from the last cataclysm. And so we're kind of stuck with all of these records. We will, in, in my opinion, we will find and be able to decode, and maybe we already have, maybe officialdom already has done this, especially down in Antarctica, but they will find records in a form that is, you know, like long-term permanent storage that we just, at the, the time we encounter it, may not recognize it as that, but eventually we will. And then we'll get a much more complete idea of real human history. Of course, all kinds of people here are gonna bitch and moan about it. Um, especially all of the uh, people that are, you know, um, religiously driven in the sense that that provides their entire uh, focus and viewpoint for life. Uh, you know, I, I'm personally a, a man of faith. I know that um, I have lived before, I shall live again, I shall be reincarnated in this species, and uh, such things are just like, you know, matter of fact sort of thing, right? And so, um, to, a, to a great extent, religion does not interest me. It's ritual and all of this kind of stuff, and, and um, uh, it takes time, but it doesn't in any way add anything to my understanding of life or any of this. And uh, no, I, I'm not going to worship Joseph, the radical rabbi named, that we renamed as Jesus, as some kind of a son of a god, because he was a son of a space alien. And so I just don't care about it, right? And whatever uh, positive attributes have been attributed to uh, Joseph, the radical uh, rabbi that was um, uh, at the center of the Christian religion, renamed as Jesus, uh, whatever attributes have been put out in the New Testament as being uh, from that individual may indeed have not come from there, right? So, so I don't accept this idea of scriptures as an authority in any way, shape, or form. And such people that would uh, try and shut down conversation by relying on that, no use even talking to them, so I don't. Um, you know, they're, they're, they believe in the book. They're only going to believe in the book. You can't shake them in, the, in their faith in the book. The book says that they will be tested. So, aha, you're testing them. The book says that blah, blah, blah. So, aha, you're fulfilling the, the, the thing out of the book. But, you know, it's like, okay, that's fine, guys. But, uh, you know, you're on the wrong side of history and you will be passed by as we go along. So I'm really interested to see how Christians reinvent themselves as we go forward and more and more of our real history comes out. Um, especially about the uh, real history about the, um, uh, uh, the, for the pious forgeries, uh, the fake history to support the narradime that uh, the Jewish Bible should in any way apply to anybody other than these 12 tribes and is in any way anything other than a historical account of what they went through with this Yahweh dude. And so in the translations in English in other languages, Greek, etc., we find from that very first translation, which was done with 70 uh, Jewish scholars all working in a coordinated fashion under two guys uh, to uh, develop this narrative, we find that under there, they were, that's the first appearance in um, any form of the Bible of any form of prophecy. So the quote prophecy in 
the uh, in the Torah uh, and slash Old Testament is an it was added in the translation into the Greeks. The it's not supported in the actual Hebrew that the Torah is written in. Yes, there is prophetic stuff if you want to read it a particular way, um, but uh, historically, the the Bible is really just a um, description of what had happened to these people and how they survived dealing with these space aliens. Um, so it, it's not as has been presented to us. Anyway, though, so uh, that aside, we, we've got this new article out. with the. You can look at it interactively. It makes a lot of sense everywhere. I can't find any fault in their methodology so far. I'm going to go back and really delve into it and reread it again when I um, get back from all my chores here. But um, it looks like we've got a pretty good um, map of human activity uh, through the last 350 thousand years here on Earth relative to a set of uh, locations and buildings in those locations. So, uh, you know, this puts to rest all different kinds of suppositions. It, it blows the shit out of the whole Clovis tribe crap coming out of academia as to how humans got over to the Americas. It, it opens up far more questions than than it answers in many regards, but at least it blows out a bunch of bullshit you don't have to worry about, you don't have to deal with anymore. The, the bunch of bullshit that, you know, uh, helps frame your narrative, but it helps frame it and divert you and misdirect you all towards the idea that you shall be controlled uh, by the Khazarians, uh, these pretend Jews who think that they have um, uh, a mandate from their God to rule all of humanity. This is what we call a Zog, okay, a Zionist-occupied uh, government. So the United States has had a Zog here since at least 1913, I think since um, 1876, right? Uh, there, we rebelled against it when we found out what they were doing with the Masonic. So um, the Khazarians created the Masons, the Masons are replicating all of this shit out of the Talmud. So all of the, if you go read um, uh, the last chapter in Thinking and Destiny, you'll get a, a listing of all of the, or, or a description of all of the rituals and stuff of the Masonic lodges. You'll get a description of their philosophy and all of this. And all this shit comes directly from the Talmud. It was created by the Khazarian mafias, uh, as was the Illuminati and in all of these uh, secret organizations. So Blatovsky and all of her uh, theo, Theosophist Society stuff is all just yet another form of, of Masonic information, Masonic um, uh, rituals even, uh, all of which are Talmudic in nature, all of which are a um, insertion and a um, infiltration into the social order uh, by the Khazarians that they may control things through another angle. So they always set up their own uh, uh, secret societies to help control the areas that they intend to conquer. Um, anyway, so uh, I've got to get doing some stuff here. I've got to get in and get some supplies for the next building project I've got going. Um, anyway, though, so uh, 
basically that's where we're at. If you go check my um, Telegram or my True Social account, you'll find the link to the um, uh, article here describing all of this stuff about the pyramids and the ancient societies and how Expando Earth is the model for how this shit all came about. As I say, I'm really, really, really interested to watch over the next few years as more and more of this stuff comes out, especially the stuff about Antarctica, because they're not telling us anything about that. And I suspect that when the um, when the dam breaks here and the, and the information just starts coming out and they can't stop it and it just starts uh, flooding out, not simply leaking out, uh, we will be inundated with um, vast amounts of information hidden from us that they have unearthed um, in Antarctica. Uh, anyway, guys, so uh, take care. I'll try and do another little talk uh, when I get done with all this shit and head out. There's all kinds of stuff happening in our uh, current social order developments. Uh, we're going to get a big emotional spike according to um, uh, data analysis here that I've done. We, we should get a big emotional spike around November 13th. Um, after that, it will continue as waves. So, so it's like a 13th and the 15th and then the 18th and then the 22nd and then the 29th, that kind of thing. We keep getting these, these big waves of building emotional tension. We get another very large one, uh, nearly as big as the one on November 13th that comes in the last week, of, uh, the last part of the first week of December. So like on the 6th or the 7th. Um, anyway, so it's going to be very exciting. I'm trying to get uh, everything ready so I can just basically, uh, you know, sit back and watch and absorb. Uh, I don't eat popcorn, but if I did, I would I would get extra popcorn because I think we're going to get into that um, uh, that kind of a period. Anyway, take care and stay woo.